0: Hey, this is Bryant Arnold, also known as Dragon from Skinwalker Ranch,
1: and you're listening to That UFO Podcast.
2: I'd like to thank Partner Hero for sponsoring this episode. The world over, outsourcing can get a pretty bad reputation, seen to be exploitative and providing low quality service. That's why Partner Hero's values-based approach raises the bar for the outsourcing industry by investing in employee empowerment and career growth, paying above average market salaries and maintaining a focus on quality and performance offering flexible terms and the ability to scale quickly, which is perfect for startups. Quality assurance is baked into every programme, also with offices around the world so partner hero can offer a truly global coverage including onshore nearshore and offshore options i know right now in the ufo community we are all waiting for a delayed report that we feel a certain organization could certainly benefit from partner Hero's assistance i myself worked for outsource companies growing up and had wildly differing experiences facing many of the challenges that outsource work brings That's why Partner Hero's ethics and value-based approach really appeal to me and will to anyone looking to scale up their fast-growing business. So if you are ready to bring in outside customer support help for your startup that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com forward slash that UFO to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from That UFO podcast and they'll waive the setup fee. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast, Andy here and I am taking a well-earned break over this Christmas festive New Year period but in that time to keep the content coming I've dipped right back into the archives and I mean the very early shows of That UFO Podcast. If you've been with the podcast from the beginning or when you joined you dipped back and checked out those very early episodes you'll have heard some of these clips already but I think for many of you these these will be pretty new. I used to finish every episode, every interview with a quick fire round. That has still happened sometimes, but not all the time, depending on guests, availability and timing as well, and sometimes just relevance. But in those early episodes, uh, speaking to guests, we covered topics at the end of each interview, including Skinwalker Ranch, Roswell, famous names in ufology, CE5, disclosure, and much, much more. So this part one is going to be followed by a few more parts over the next week to 10 days, just to give myself a bit of a break, but rest assured, in the new year there will be fresh interviews released which are already being recorded. When you listen to this, some of them may have actually been recorded anyway, but I think after 300 releases, I'm due a week off, so please don't grudge me it, and my wife and kids will probably thank you for it as well. I've enjoyed going back and checking out some of these clips, Uh, I think I've improved ever so slightly in terms of interviewing and the quality of the sound as well, so this sounds almost like old school radio at times, but uh, I'd like to thank those early guests once again, Gary Voorhees, Sean Cahill, Jason Gleaves. Tim McMillan and MJ Benias. All of them have made multiple appearances on the podcast or played a big part in the podcast over its time as well. So thank you to them. I hope you, the listener, has a wonderful festive period. Please keep listening, keep tuning in, keep sharing the show, keep getting in touch. It's been an incredible year. Thank you so much to everyone who has bothered to listen. I really do appreciate it. It is ridiculous how many of you choose to listen week in and week out. Thanks to everyone who helps with the show. Thanks to Dan for his part in the show, his analysis. Thanks for putting those YouTube videos together for me as well and for the graphics. Thanks to all the guys at UAP Media for the work that they have done over the course of the year, especially some incredible, incredible efforts on the research front from them. And just in general, thanks to anyone who bothers to come onto the show to talk to me or for any of you who choose to listen. But listen, enough about this. Uh, let's get back to you who wants to check out those early quick fire rounds, kicking off with Gary Voorhees. First off, just a few words or a few sentences, what comes to mind, and if nothing does, we can move on to the next one, okay? Yeah. Um, so the first one you kind of touched on earlier, but just to come back to it, it's really important, that the D word, disclosure. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. Well, what comes to mind is is that, uh,
3: like I said, I, I don't ever think that it, it can come out. Um, disclosure gets too close to national security, um, even... even to the people that would love to tell you, uh, you know, that's the reason why I think that when these presidents are running for, for office and they say, you know, I'm going to get to the bottom of this alien situation and then they find out and then they're just like, well, shit, you know, I, I can't say that. I can't even talk about that. You know, you know, when they truly find out, you know, what's going on, I got a feeling that, you know, they just can't talk about it. And, you know, whether it's a, you know, stability of our economy or stability of our security, You know, there's no country is going to admit that they can't provide 100 percent security to their country. And that starts and stops with classifying any information that is to the contrary to that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I suppose we're seeing a bit of a taste in that um, with a virus at the minute as it's kind of going throughout the world that people have been stockpiling toilet paper. Um, to kind of combat this, so the way they've reacted to this probably shows you that something like that coming out, which let's be honest, is probably the biggest single biggest story of all time, they're not going to react well to it. So, no,
3: they won't react well to it. Apparently, everybody thought they were going to shit themselves to death. Yeah, that,
2: <laughs> yeah, that was that was at least of people's problems, but yeah, the toilet paper went pretty quickly. Um, next one, I want to ask you, uh, Lou Elizondo. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts?
3: Um. I think he's legit. I think that he's been where he says he has, and he's done what he says he has done. Um, because it, he's, you know, he talks exactly like somebody that would be in that situation where he wants to be on the mainstream with it, but. There's just stuff he can't talk about, so he has to prove it instead. He has to come back. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if I want to talk about something about my system or something like that, I actually will Google whatever I want to talk about to see whether or not it's already out there. And then if it's already out there, I'll talk about it. and, And I have to just double check to make sure it's not classified. But luckily for me all my stuff was from 16 plus years ago. So most of that stuff is, has, has already been sold off to other countries. Okay. So I'm good with talking about some of the systems, but there's some, some system specifications like frequencies and events and times and things like that, but not related to this incident. I, I still can't talk about, but, and that's what people don't understand. And the way he talks, it's, it's, it's kind of I kind of kind of feel the feeling when it comes to that stuff, because, you know, if he really was working hand in hand with that stuff, you know, it's like, uh you know, I had a buddy that was a, a spook, which is basically an intelligence guy. You know, he, mm-hmm. you know, great guy and everything like that. And when you asked him what he did, he say, yeah, I'm a spook. And you go, well, what did you do? And he goes, well, I do spook stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he goes, you know what I do. And I go, I know what you do. I go, can you tell me what? No it's you know, just you know so it's you know it's kind of that type of situation so if he can actually come up with the actual evidence in the civilian world for what he already knows he'll then you know then he can move on and actually talk about it but until he does that you know i don't think he can really talk about it and plus if he you know you know people that are stressing him about you know wanting solid records about you know him his involvement with atip and things like that and you know, here's here's a program that literally didn't exist until a couple of years ago. I mean, it existed, but it didn't exist. Yeah. You know, so you know they're not gonna they're not gonna have their roster or record of their who worked there. You know, they're not gonna. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just it's just illogical for me to think that the government would admit that you know who worked on what projects and stuff like that and start being able to throw uh, tracers for people to actually trace down these. Track down these people that worked in these projects and you know uh, you know poor Lou I mean no matter what he does whether he's telling the truth or not you know he's he's stuck between a rock and a hard place the only difference is, is he's not making he's not making crazy outrageous claims and maybe not like other people in that organization but yeah. you know he, he just got kind of stuck in that crossfire there and you know, him and Chris Mellon, uh, they're upstanding guys. I mean, very intelligent guys. I mean, you can see it right in their eyes when they talk to you. You know, I mean, and I'm not talking about that corny shit that you saw on TV. You know, when you actually talk to them, you know, they they come off as, as very intelligent people, very, you know, very calculated, very, you know, like they know more about what's going on in your room than you do. <laughs> you know, yeah so, you know, so it's like, all right, well I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you exactly what I know to be true to myself and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Because you probably already know more than I do, you know. You probably investigated this
2: situation. <laughs> I, I can totally get where you come from. Like with a guy like lou Elizondo, like he can talk for hours and I watched one of his YouTube videos well not one of his, but some from some conference he done last year and it's him standing at a PowerPoint for about two and a half hours and at the end of it, it, it tells you nothing, but it says quite a lot and it mm-hmm. keeps you interested and intrigued the whole time. And I think if Louis Elizondo had a slogan on a T-shirt, it would be look at the data because all he tells you is look at the data, look at the data. And he, he's trying to tell you as much as he can. I yeah. see what you mean without coming out and saying, yes, these things are alien. Yes, they come from here. Yes, they do this. It's like it. Is it not? It's almost from an area, a place of frustration that are these things not fascinating enough just with this sample of data that you can't find that intriguing enough to take on.
3: Uh, just like when I hear people say that, uh, you know, enough with the, the, the Nimitz encounter and stuff like that. And I go, well, you know, that's, that's fine if you're bored with that. But, I mean, it's still the first time in human history that the United States government in any capacity has admitted that there are unknown objects that they track on a regular basis. Absolutely. You know, I mean that in itself. I mean, if you knew nothing about the situation, that in itself is one of the most amazing pieces of information. That you know, it, it, you know, twenty years ago, people doing these research, if they had gotten that, they would have been like, "Oh my god!" You know, that would have been disclosure for them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if someone told you before this happened that that was going to happen, well, it would only- have blown your mind. That that now nah, that's that's too much, but. The only people that aren't happy are the ones that actually want to, uh, you know,
3: see and visit and travel with aliens.
2: Have you got any thoughts on ultra-terrestrials and that concept or theory? It's something that Tom DeLong's talked about. Now, is it the theory
3: that they're coming from different dimensions?
2: Yeah, potentially this planet, but different dimensions, or that there's another potential older race that are on this planet. You know, I think it's been described as a little bit like Wakanda and Black Panther, the, yeah that could be like that whole hidden civilization that's here something I like
3: think, that I think that if their technology was advanced enough that they definitely could hide in plain sight relatively easy from us um because they would probably have techniques to the, you know alter memory and things like that so I mean they could literally just run a whole operation here on the planet and nobody would ever know um so I mean by that by that then I, I think that you know there's a possibility of that um, I've thrown around that idea I've even thrown around the idea that uh, you know there's been ancient you know there's been a whole other massively advanced civilizations on this very planet before we ever evolved
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know um, yeah there's and then of course uh, being I, I'm a, a crazy novice in, in physics but it, it honestly I love physics and one of the things that has caught my interest is a lot of the advances in quantum physics lately. And, you know, uh, for, for the people that aren't familiar with, you know, quantum physics and regular physics, they're not two different physics. Uh, it's just that, and they've been around forever. Quantum physics has been around forever. Uh, you know, during Einstein's time, they knew about it. They just didn't use it because it wasn't as handy.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, Basically, if you're using, you know, regular standard stuff, I'm trying to figure out how this ball drops and goes across my yard, I'm going to use a standard model physics because yeah. it all works. But if I'm going to try to figure out every air molecule that moved off of that ball and then interacted with every quark that reacted, with every neon, and every particle, every light particle, and stuff like that, that, while that ball's moving through and then trying to calculate, you know, everything else like that i'm going to use quantum physics (laughs) so it's it's more it's
2: more of quantifying the small rather than the big awesome what about the um extraterrestrial where does that sit with you in this whole thing
3: so now the ultra terrestrial uh seems plausible for me because of my uh, thoughts on on how the universe started and uh, when when trying to look back on trying to figure out doing uh, thought experiments on like how the universe came into being with the Big Bang, you know, um, and I had heard a heard a statement from a physicist saying that you know it's 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 it could be possible that the Big Bang was basically the backside of a black hole, you mm-hmm. know. It basically, they're saying that in another dimension, that enough material got got pulled into a black hole in that dimension that it actually burst into our dimension, causing a big bang of, of material. Mm-hmm. And then at the very moment that that material started to move through this dimension, that it actually created the dimension itself. Now, for every possible direction that, the, that this material could have moved in, that's a different dimension that would have been created. Mm-hmm. And then not on top of that, or not... Uh, on top of that, you're going to actually have, uh, or not dimensions, but you're going to have uh, parallel existences to this one. So mm-hmm. not only different dimensions, but parallel existences too. You know, basically the ups and the downs. You know, you get your your first, second, or your your first, second, third, all the way up to seventh dimension. I think they've they've mathematically proven exists, or you know, and I'll then I'll take your
2: word on that one. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I'm, i you know, I've only read a couple of things on that right now. And then, of course, uh, you know, they, there's a, there's a, there's a theory that there's multiple existences too, multiple realities. And I think that those realities come into play whenever there's a, a choice, whether you whether you blinked that moment or you didn't blink that moment. Now you have two different realities. So forever, so for every for every micro thought, every 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 micro-inflection on your face, there was always something different you could have done, and there was an infinite amount of universes that were created at that one moment. So it's... Uh, yeah, I've thought a little too far into all this. So <laughs> We won't go too nope. far. But from what I think uh, could technically be possible with physics, that there's a very, very real possibility that these could come from another dimension or even a, a parallel universe.
2: So you would say less likely to be another planet, more likely dimensional.
3: Um, due due to due to the amount of time that it would take to move around. Because, all right, say somebody somebody say somebody did visit our planet and they were just uh um uh there's there's a, there's a scientist Kevin Knuth that's in part of my uh, the UAPX uh organization and he actually summed it up really well in one of his lectures. Uh, say I visit your planet and I leave. Once I leave, time is relative to your planet. It could be 10,000 years before I even get back to your planet. But for me, it could have only been, you know, a dozen years.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I come back and, you know, evolution's taken a turn for, for the worst. <laughs> or, you know, if I come here, I could have just set up, set up camp with, with remote operations and then moved on to the next planet never to come back here. But now you see the remnants of me because I left a bunch of you know, remote-operated vehicles to track and maintain uh, what's going on here. I left a bunch of tic-tacs off the California yeah. coast buzzing about uh, and those are the, carrier groups. Now, those are the more fantastic ideas that I've come up with. And, of course, those are the ones that people want to hear. Um, the, the real reality of the situation is, is, is it very well could be just our own technology that's been carteled our own, you know, our own people Because when it comes down to it, we've seen it happen with oil. We've seen it happen with diamonds. We've seen it happen with every natural resource on this planet. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, for me, for the people to say that it doesn't happen with technology. Well, I'm, I'm sad to say that there's a lot of tech I've seen that it still hasn't even hit the market. Nothing fantastic. Just, you know, it's like, I remember when OLEDs finally hit the market, I saw that shit like, 30 years prior.
2: Listen, so that's that's a great one. I've got another couple of, of words to throw at you, then I kind of finish up. Um, okay. do, uh, any thoughts on Bob Lazar and his story?
3: I think that there's truth there that got corrupted by a media. Okay. And not um, corrupted in a way that, that, like, they twisted it, but I have a feeling that the guy had a fantastic story to begin with that got just... Blown up to a proportion that it didn't need to be, and I think the guy kind of felt like he had to keep up with it and something new all the time. You know, I, I see a, I see a guy that something fantastic happened to that it just got turned and twisted and changed into an animal that he couldn't control anymore, and I think that's really why he kind of went off the grid for so long because he just couldn't control the narrative anymore. He couldn't control the story. It was just had a had a mind of its own after a certain point
2: totally fair um and i want to ask you to kind of summarize a little bit where do you see things as related to this topic in the next five years
3: i see all of us still craving for more knowledge (laughs) unfortunately
2: but all of us waiting for the next tic-tac incident do you see anything else coming out like not that as you say the the princeton limits not that it's amazing but do you think we'll get more released that have happened more recently because a lot's came out that potentially we know there's been more incidents but do you think it will come out?
3: Well I think that it definitely will become uh, more commonplace I think that with the Nimitz incident that it's now going to be a little bit more mainstream so there's been some really good push forward for this to be a mainstream topic and what I'm really hoping for the future is real science Real scientists, you know, people that would have just scoffed at this years ago, hopping on that bandwagon, kind of like when Einstein was trying to say that time was relative and that, uh, you know, oh, you're, you're you're nuts, guy, you know, and then all of a sudden he was proven right and everybody jumps on that bandwagon and starts riding, uh, you know, doing the uh, <laughs> doing the trip to Oregon, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so. I'm really hoping that it becomes even more mainstream. Um, I'm, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, colleges that instead of instead of having this under their their paranormal, uh, you know, the few colleges that have degrees in paranormal psychology or paranormal uh, or paranormal studies. uh, I hope that it becomes a, a topic that is well researched and actually. Uh, brings in some, you know, more brilliant minds like, uh, you know, like Deep, the like Deep Facade and uh, Kevin Knuth and, uh, you know, uh, people of that nature where they're just absolutely brilliant people that have had this education that we can all wish that we had. I don't know what your education is, but mine is, is, is not as good as I'd love it to be. And then uh, I've actually vowed uh, to get my doctorate before my daughter graduates high school, so... Uh, <laughs>
2: So, Gary, um, that's all we've got time for, but thank you very much. I'm going to be completely honest and admit that I do love a bit of cool technology, but not all the best tech is classified. So when BlendJet got in touch about their new BlendJet 2.0, I was very excited to try it out, especially as one of those protein shake people that many folks hate. Just shaking never has the same results as a blender does, let's be fair. Blend Jet 2 is portable so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house, a big one for me folks, and it lasts for 15 or more blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself, just blend with water, a drop of soap and you're good to go. With over 30 colours available, there is something for everyone. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the carbon fibre. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today and be sure to use the promo code code that ufo 12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping no other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality power and innovation of the BlendJet 2 they guarantee you'll love it or your money back blend anytime anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender go to blendjet.com and use the code that ufo 12 to get 12% off remember folks and that free two-day shipping shop today and get the best deal ever Awesome so that moves us nicely into the kind of word association I've done this with Gary on the last episode it was really good so it can be a couple of words first thing that comes <clears> to your <throat> mind or a few sentences or if you want to go on a bit more you can but I'll change it about a little bit because like you've touched on meditation uh, interested in your thoughts on CE5 and Stephen Greer obviously having recently released a documentary.
5: Well ce5 in general to me is just to me personally it's a simplification and rebranding of what a lot of people call channeling or mediumship and i think that if people are interested in ce5 they should also do a little bit of research uh into mediumship and channeling because if they have trepidation about it based on what it's named they should they should just take it a little easy um as far as dr greer goes i acknowledge his incredible um wealth of knowledge and his incredible catalog of uh of of evidence that he's brought forth to people the disclosure project etc um i'm not a fan of branding of any kind in regards to this so i also my feelings also stemming from meditation are that people be careful when involving very strong emotions and expectations and things like that, because we can mislead ourselves. I'm not. I'm not debunking anything. I'm not saying that that any any of these um, <clears throat> protocols that people uh, represent or that they may be selling, whether they have um, validity or not. Um, I'm just saying that I think people need to be their own advocates, and if they they just need to be careful. Be careful of personalities leading your spiritual journey rather
2: than your own heart so on the scale of the unidentified to ancient aliens you would say that falls more towards the ancient aliens side of things
5: well i don't i don't i don't have i don't have evidentiary efficacy for the claims that are being made so i have to place it more into underneath a, a umbrella of entertainment until i see that now i know that there's people that will say well you haven't The data is here. The data is there. And it may be. And and my investigation hasn't led me to a point where I have where I have really tried to put any kind of um, any kind of weight behind CE5. Um, I've had my own personal experience with it. And frankly, that's what leads me to tell people to be careful. I know that people will say that that um, there's a lot of people out there that like to immediately say, well, that's all you. There's no bad guys out there. There's nothing negative to this whatsoever, and I, I, personally cannot believe that all agendas out there have my best interest at heart. Because if there's more than one, that's impossible. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm not in the, I'm not in the game of following up agendas. Um, I like to make my own distinctions. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I intend to to. Lou and I intend to work together in the future. Um, we have other projects that we're working on together. And he knows that the number one important thing to me is authenticity. Um, I don't want any BS in this. You know, I, I do like to speculate for fun, but I'll be darned if I claim to know what what any of these things are. So
2: um, that authenticity piece is
5: real important to me.
2: Awesome. So I'll get a few more uh, word associations, if you don't mind. Uh, Tom DeLong. Uh, genius. Fan of uh, his music I, as well. You know,
5: it's it's funny. Um, I like a lot of his music, but I had a roommate when I was in Guam for a few years who who incessantly played Blink One Eighty Two when they first when they first came out, to a point that it was the only. Uh, I think Heavy Petting Zoo was the only. Um, I think that was the record, but it was the only one that he played, <laughs> and so it took me a long time to come, to to get back to it. But yeah, I do like Tom's music um, and Angels and Airways. It's
2: funny. Yeah, yeah, he's he's had some really good stuff. Uh, it's funny how these things come full circle.ly eh? um, What about Chris Mellon, Christopher Mellon? Uh, gravitas
5: is the is the word that I think uh, um, stands behind Chris Mellon. Um, <clears throat> for for people who don't know who Chris Mellon is, uh, the positions he's held, and and his family, etc., the idea that he's taking that he has taken such a serious interest in this. Especially given um, the assumptions of what uh, Mr. Mellon's been briefed on, um, it blows me away. You know, if Chris and Lou together um, on TV is is almost an unstoppable force. Uh, Chris Mellon is one of those people that I, I get a little I get a little tongue-tied when I'm a, when uh, the subject of him comes up. Um, actually, To be honest with you, a lot of the team at TTSA gets me a little tongue-tied, and I'm not a fanboy. It's, I've, I've looked into their pedigrees, and these people made a lot of phone calls to each other before any of this stuff happened, and before they, they, just, they said, let's risk our reputations to take this forward. So, um, yeah, it, I'm blown away.
2: I think earlier when we talked about the the weight behind the evidence, that's Chris Mellon's name jumps out at, at what he's done and the levels, like you say, and those assumptive briefings you talked about, the things this man's been privy to and must know, and is incredible. Um, Bob Lazar, you know, um,
5: as uh, I don't have a I don't have any personal views on Bob, but I feel that Bob. Um, Bob always has seemed to have a little bit of an aura around him that makes me nervous because of the way he was treated when he first appeared. Um, Now, given the the time that since when Bob first spoke up and we first learned of him years ago to now, we've also learned that to an extent that that there's been a certain acknowledgement of disinformation that occurred. Um, There's been a certain acknowledgement that... um, that these secrets were that certain secrets were being kept, so we know that those secrets existed. Now, so we have to take the things that were said about Bob Lazar with a grain of salt, and we also have to give um, credence to the fact that Bob's back, and Bob's got a lot of the same names are standing right behind him, and and if they're not right behind him and in the credits, they're they're off to the side, giving the thumbs up and saying yeah, do this thing. Um. So so that says a lot. Now whether. <clears throat> whether bob has the whole truth and nothing but the truth again i don't i haven't seen anybody who's holding on to the whole truth yet and i don't know it either but my instincts tell me we've got a lot of people holding a lot of different pieces of it
2: okay um a phrase that has changed in definition a lot even in in recent weeks rather than recent decades but extraterrestrial Hmm. I
5: think that we need to loosen up on a lot of our definitions. Um, extraterrestrial, extra more, terrestrial Earth. Um, I think, you know, in, even the word alien, etc. whatever this is, I don't think it's your neighbor. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't think he's going down to the top secret facility in the morning and zipping off in his spaceships and doing these things. So whatever, whatever fits, extraterrestrial, ultra-terrestrial, alien, um, it doesn't bother me, but I think we need to be ready to pivot once we actually find one that we can agree is one, hopefully uh, alive.
2: Co- <laughs> Again, uh, yeah, uh, consciousness.
5: Fundamental. Um, one thing, the only thing that all of us can know is that our consciousness exists. I'm, I'm taking it on the, the only thing I take on faith is that you're real too. Cause I can't, I can't, I can't prove it. Um, So our consciousness and how we curate our own personal consciousness, what we allow into it, how we express it um, and our interior state, I think, are the most important things in our lives, period.
2: Awesome. And two more, if you don't mind. So I'm going to say Mars and I mean the planet, not the chocolate bar. But is there anything to that? I think it's
5: definitely worthy of further study, but if we're talking about in regards to this phenomenon, there are anomalies that need to be looked at. And again, there are lines from those anomalies that we can see that can be drawn to some of the intelligence data gathered uh, casually. By the same remote viewers that were being utilized by the government to do real-life intelligence work that people's lives depended on. So it's an easy thing to throw water on, but this, again, the same folks that were finding the downed aircraft were finding a previous human history piece to Mars. I can't say whether it was real or not, but again, we all have to consider that if, if you're able to find a jet that's that's crashed and then you're saying there's something really interesting on another body in the solar system. Perhaps it deserves a, a, a bit better look.
2: Absolutely. And I wanted to say earlier, remote viewing is a topic that fascinates me. And uh, again, I'd love to speak to you again more in future, but that that's something I'd love to have someone on who's had experiences of remote viewing like that in, in one of the early episodes. And the last one, because for me this is a really under discussed topic and something I would I would love to see come to prominence and, and, and times coming up, but the Phoenix Lights incident famously from nineteen ninety-four. Have you got any thoughts on that?
5: You know, it's it's there a lot of people have very um, very strong beliefs and emotions around the Phoenix Lights. So it's become one of the <clears throat> one of the incidents that unfortunately um, I haven't formed a, a very solid opinion on. I've talked to some people who I consider to be very uh, <laughs> very worthy of providing an opinion for me in the interim. And they believe that it was something uh, unusual, that it wasn't military flares or, or simple aircraft in line or birds or anything like that. Um, but I don't have that. I don't have the personal level of knowledge on the incident that I could say one way or the other.
2: So, a bit of a word association for you. Some of the things you've mentioned within the conversation. Um, again, to summarise or just your thoughts. And if you have no thoughts on them, we can move on. So, your yeah, first one um, is the term UFO.
4: It's slightly um, undermined what it actually means. Um, people nowadays, when you hear the, that phrase, those three letters, UFO, it's, it's wrongly thought of. People automatically assume that it's extraterrestrial in origin or nature and it's not ufo is what it actually means unidentified flying object you know until you identify what that object is it is always going to be on unidentified but it's not always extraterrestrial
2: absolutely and following on from that slightly i don't know if you've seen in the last week the magi ufo hashtag that's been trending with the incident that's happened potentially in brazil
4: yeah um i'm still researching into that one again there's not an awful lot of information out there and until i've actually got more information on it um i would probably not comment much on it because whether you know you can actually believe it or not believe it um i like to get more facts before i actually say more on that one
2: Absolutely, Um, just as a bit of a heads up one of the, the guys on Twitter, I don't know if you follow Arthur Iglesias. Um, he's a Brazilian native who lives in Liverpool, like yourself, where you're from, funnily enough. Um, ah. He's been doing a lot of retweets of the videos and really, really kindly has been doing some translating of the language and just what's being said. So if you're doing some research on that, that's something I, I looked into quite a lot and he might be worth kind of following on Twitter and getting in touch. Uh, I done yeah. a 10 minute roundup show last night on it. Again, th- there isn't really enough to go with what has happened. It looks like something has definitely gone on, but mm. what is very, very difficult to
4: pinpoint with kind of what's out there. Um, Nick Pope. Yeah, well, Nick actually came out the day after uh, the sighting at RAF Cosford, um, and I know Nick quite well. Um, you know, spoken to him numerous occasions, and he's kindly wrote a nice piece in the in the the first book UFO photo on the aftermath of what he went through through the uh, March 1993 RAF Cosford incident.
2: Nick's a, a fascinating character for, for anyone in the U.S. He's, he's pretty well known overseas now with his appearances on a lot of TV shows. Um, Nick's someone I'd love to speak to on the show down the line. I attended a lecture in Berwick of his in 2014 that he put together, um, I believe, about last minute. He was coming over to visit and it was really well attended and you could listen to him talk all night. He's, he's fascinating in what he mm. says. Um, what's your thoughts on Project Blue Book? That's something that's discussed, especially in book two.
4: Yeah that's uh, Heineck, isn't it um mm-hmm. uh, going through he obviously had the the different uh, projects at the time um Dr uh Alan Heineck, um the astronomer and um, he again project blue book was the the last of three books obviously the first book was project sign which is 1947 then 1949, your Project Grudge and Project Blue Book was really uh, Doctor Hynek was brought into play to uh, debunk UFOs on behalf of the uh, U.S. government, um, and he actually did a turncoat and actually. Um, uh, believed in what he was actually researching and uh, analyzing. And uh, he went on obviously to um, write books and even had a cameo role in the um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the Steven Spielberg movie. So, you know, and again, there's the new TV show, which I I quite like. Uh, Things are, are different to what are in the book and stuff, but it is TV drama but I think it was done really well. I advise anyone to watch that, you know, and it it goes into really how he got into uh, Project Blue Book.
2: I, and I will second that. I thought the, the TV series was excellent. It was uh, very X-Files in nature, but with, as you say, it's got the Hollywood touch, but the storylines were good and to bring in so many real cases and have that woven throughout I think was was what was needed for that type of audience unfortunately the history channel in the US haven't greenlit a second series because they are moving in a different direction and it's currently on hiatus as it looks for a new home so there is a petition online if anyone wants to go and get that signed to get it moved but in the UK it was on sci-fi and yeah I thought it was fantastic as well and uh the last one i'd like to get your thoughts on is a, a sighting from from 1997 i believe if i get the year correct um and i wonder if you have done any research on it but it's it's one of my my favorite topics in ufology is the phoenix lights incident
4: um yeah i actually had a look at the the images um there was somebody else i, I can't for the top of my top of my head i can't actually remember his name but he actually had a sighting at the time as well, of a similar V-shaped craft. I mean, this one at Phoenix Lights was a huge craft and people could just see the lights in a V-shape that appeared. And I think there was 20,000 people saw this, you know, actual view. Um, of this object over over the nighttime sky. It was tried tried to be debunked, saying it was aircraft flares and all the usual types of things. Um, But another good thing in relation to that case, recently on the one show here in the UK, um, uh, Kurt Russell was a guest on the show. Um, I, I think, saw this. Yeah. Yeah, it was the time he was. De- he was de- his new film, wasn't it? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That, yeah, up. I believe so. Yeah. Um, and he was sat there, and they they brought up. I think it was quite. It was sort of planned in a way. The more I read into it, anyway, he was sat there. The the one of the presenters next to him actually went on about the Phoenix Light. He brought it up, um, in in the conversation. Um, and long story short, there was a civilian pilot that actually witnessed the the Phoenix lights as he was coming into land uh, at the airport there, the local airport. Um, obviously, a different view to the people on the ground saw. So, um, he just saw the lights on a horizontal rather than looking up at them from the ground. Anyway, um, as it was being mentioned on the show, he he, he said he sort of perked up in the conversation and said yeah i was that um, i was that pilot who saw the the phoenix lights um, and he, he long story short again he said he was sat home with his wife uh, as a goldie goldie horn um, and they were watching the ufo show and he said he'd com- completely forgotten about it and it came up in, in the conversation with, with Goldie when they were talking about UFOs, etc. cetera. Um, and she said to him, weren't you taking one of our um, children to, uh, you know, whatever it was, fly them into the airport, you know, at the time? Um, and he said, yeah. And he said, we saw it. We landed, refueled and then came home. So, you know, a bit of synchronicity there, you know, the way it all linked up and everything. But, yeah, the, the, with the Phoenix light, it, it sort of gave another um, a backbone to the the story, if you know what I mean, another um, step up.
2: And you said yourself there's no such thing as a coincidence. So if that's another potential drip feeding back into mainstream media, that's, we're all for that.
4: That's it, yeah
2: a lovely summary and what i'll do tim just before we wrap up is just run through some uh, quick fire i've got a few people a few events uh, and mm-hmm. just a, a phrase or two and i just want either a couple of words or if you want to elaborate on it you can um some things you've touched on already um so the first one would be bob bigelow
1: um okay so if i were um um rebelliously curious entrepreneur <laughs> Uh, 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 then I'd love to know why he um, he says beyond any reasonable doubt that you know, he doesn't give a damn what anybody says. Aliens are here. And so I don't know. I'd love to know that. But uh, I'll give him credit. Like I said, he, he's been willing to invest his time, energy, effort, and money into it. To, uh, so rebelliously curious <laughs> would be my fire round answer.
2: Okay. The next one's on a recent event that uh, I'm sure you've seen at least a little bit about is the Mage UFO uh, incident in Brazil.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I've only just seen a little bit. I think from what I've heard is it was more hoax than real. That's just at least what I've heard. Um, <sighs> the, is it yeah, still debated?
2: It, it, yeah, it's th- there was something else has happened. Qu- it seems to be honest now uh, around about... 12 to 15 days worth of incidents have now gone on um, with lights in the sky in different parts of Brazil. And again, I point out to Arthur Iglesias on Twitter, who is a a UK native, but he's a Brazilian native living in Liverpool in the UK, who's done some great Mm -hmm. translations on a lot of the civilian um, videos. And there there is genuine panic in these people's voices. They are definitely seeing something up in the sky. There are different light patterns appearing similar to some of the things you said you saw on your your sighting with the three Mm -hmm. lights blinking on and off. Mm-hmm. so there, there seems to be something to it where we kind of struggle is there's, there's a real lack of tangible evidence there, there are videos of kind of smoke coming from the mountains um there's a few fake videos thrown in there of older drone shows and whatnot that are absolutely nothing to do with the incident if i had to summarize and i on a very quick bonus episode of it episode i called it 2.5 um there something's happened what it's really unclear and people have seen something um but yeah there's a lot of military activity happenstance that goes on around uh, an industrial military complex but a lot of people coming up with that the, the place does make uh, ammunition and never has the level of activity that it has seen recently so yeah it seems that there's maybe something worth digging into but it could absolutely very quickly lead to nothing
1: i'd be fascinated by it because that's one of the things that i think gets gets lumped in too much is that the ufos become a, either an american or a western kind of phenomena and uh you know just the other day i was saying I, in a perfect world and maybe someday someday sooner rather than later i will is uh, you know like i'd like to go to africa and start asking people yeah you see anything weird in the sky you know, there's like these disconnected regions, either because of language, culture or whatever, mm-hmm. that we just have zero data out of. And but they also are not corrupted by all the other. You know, I'm not going to go to Zimbabwe and they go, yeah, we saw it. And, you know, that's the Roswell crash because they don't they don't know about that. So yeah. I would love to hear from some of these areas. And South America is a very intriguing spot to me in general. Another one on yeah. the list at Puffet world. I want to go down there.
2: Um, definite hotbed hotbed just now. There's some activity going on, but it's definitely worth looking into. Um, my next one would be extraterrestrial. What does that mean to you? Uh,
1: you know, extraterrestrial, uh, in context of the UFO thing, I think uh, I summarize it basically as anything that's not human being. And so you, you kind of heard me say earlier that uh, I'm not totally adverse to this idea, this interdimensional theory that you hear people say. Um in addition to um, alien distant world theory there there's <laughs> and this is the part where it gets deep in the weeds is, is you just brought up a great point here is there is some serious uh, scientific and even philosophical questions that even exist there in terms of you know, being able to travel from a different distant star system and, and reality you know if you because of time dilation if you were able to travel all the way to, to another, distant distant galaxy when you're looking back from that point because time and space is dependent you know, what if when you're looking back like you're technically looking back x number thousands or millions of years in earth's future earth has wiped itself out and there's no human beings and so it's like well if there's no human beings or you've gone the other side and human beings don't exist do you exist type thing and so that's why I wonder that would it seems almost too simplistic to believe it's some some aliens who hop on a ship and, you know, just happen to travel fast from their planet. And so uh, extraterrestrial am I would be anything that's not us <laughs> where destination unknown.
2: I agree that it's too simplistic <laughs> to say it's aliens hopping on a spaceship from Mars and coming down. Mm-hmm. Uh something i really wanted to talk about today but just in doing the research for the show uh, i found there was so much i could have spoke to you about uh, and it's definitely something i'd love to come back to on
1: but uh, bob lazar <laughs> um I, I do not believe bob lazar i don't uh there, there's a considerable amount of information that has either been made public or i haven't had, just haven't had a time to make public because uh, i'll tell people um I try to really focus on things that I think are tangible, real and and could provide realistic results. And I don't see anything there. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, I I, going back to people that was in his purview and in his space in the 1980s up to when he supposedly said and all this stuff who have told me, yeah, no, he's full of shit. And so I, I I am totally open and willing to there being the a new evidence presented that, that says I'm wrong and I'll be the first to say I'm wrong. But based on the preponderance of evidence that I'm a, have gathered and I'm aware of, I, I don't believe, uh, Bob Lazar's story at all. <laughs> so absolutely, absolutely it's a good story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Awesome. And the last one that we've touched on, um, for you, what is disclosure? <sighs>
1: I think disclosure, you know, and it does it more surround, I think disclosure for me would be just what we talked about earlier. It would be that kind of acknowledgement and supported by supporting evidence uh, showing that there is indeed something uh, that is undefined, unknown. It is not human technology. It is not foreign technology. It's not our technology um, being disclosed to the point where uh, my my version of disclosure is when enough information comes out that that somebody like Nick West goes, well, holy shit. OK, that's interesting, guys. Let's, let's let's try to tackle this problem now instead of debunking it. And so to me, that's that is disclosure. It, it's not um, I just simply have never seen any evidence that disclosure is going to be wheeling the bodies out from Roswell or something. I don't. Maybe they do have them. That would be interesting. That'd be super cool. But I don't. I don't know that that's real. But who knows? Hey.
2: But then would it be met still with that shrug that Matthew Hirsch mentioned?
1: I, I don't know. That would be. I mean, if the if the president or somebody on TV wheeled out the bodies and you know you got a tour of the the, the secret underground facilities, if that was true, I don't know. That one, I I would hope if that was met with a shrug, then I'm just gonna. You know, I'm going to go ahead and go outside and welcome the apocalypse because. <laughs> <laughs> would, that would, have to give up. Yeah, I mean, that would I think very rightly so. And that's why I try to be very serious about this topic is because at, at its heart, what we're talking about could be the most significant. It is the most significant thing next to the development of language and human beings. And, and And so it should be treated seriously. I mean, why shouldn't it be? both scrutiny and and open-mindedness um so yeah i don't know i, I hope that uh i agree with dr hirsch i, I, I really he he said he gave such great comments and everything and, and our conversation there was explicitly just kind of focused in on the idea that the government did like encounter some technology and it didn't understand it so they hid it from people um and so you know i <laughs> In actuality, you know, to some extent, I think if they came out and that was true and they they rolled out the Roswell wreckage, I think he's right in that a lot of people would be like, well, duh, you know, (laughs) we've known that, you know, thanks for telling us. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It would be it would. (sighs) Sadly, I think what you'd see is. Not enough focus on that in and of itself. You would see mainstream news being like, see, you know, the current presidential administration or the past president, they're all pieces of shit and they've been lying and I want to <laughs> yeah. impeach or I want to charge them with a crime. Unfortunately, I, just based on what we see recently, politics would jump in and everybody would want to blame whatever partisan party they liked or didn't like. And uh, meanwhile, you know, there'd be some people like us who'd be going, well, Wait, can we ask you a little more about those alien things? <laughs> can, we th- yeah, can we talk the,
2: about the that for a minute? The, the, yeah. the body beside you, just
1: on, on that. Yeah. <laughs> right, can we talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, and so I I, I don't know. Maybe it would be. Maybe that's what people need to an extent. Maybe that would end some of the partisan BS. Maybe if we got knocked off our high horse a little bit and didn't think that we were all in charge and we collectively had a new mystery, that maybe that would change things maybe Uh, who knows
2: the famous ronald reagan quote to the was it the united (laughs) nations about a an extraterrestrial threat from outside our world and how it would unite everyone and petty differences and you know what in in a couple of days time there's a a spacex launch with two astronauts going on the new rocket up to the space station as well and it's little things like that that give you a little bit of hope for for things going forward and you know it's a, a again one small step for man but you know we'll see what comes of it this time
1: we're in a good time, and I'll say that is it whether people realize it or not, is with the development and advances in, in artificial intelligence and that being a big push, or uh, the Space Force, or NASA's pledge to go to Mars. I think we're reentering that time frame we saw back in maybe the 50s and everything where now uh, human exploration is being encouraged again. Uh, in the United States, you have... Uh, common core math which is being put to the schools people complain about it and everything but they don't realize the basis behind that and that's training kids to be good at computer math it's uh, math modeling and, and modular arithmetic and so we're kind of refocusing where we, we can get a glimpse into where future is going and it's going into the unknown and, and these i've talked to people who work at uh, you know places like lockheed or whatever and, and the things that they're examining sound crazy sci-fi but no i think there is more of a push for that so it's a good time for that maybe it's a good time for them to roll out the bodies you know <laughs> because that again i think you do that once people know um and i can say this because you're scottish but that was my 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 good buddy nick cook very good very good friend of mine uh, author of hunt for zero point former defense senator Jance. we talk all the time you know he's english and and you know he said I, I think that at least for americans they'd end up developing it he said because americans seem to be like ah screw it let's build some stuff he's like we here in england seem to be like yeah we're kind of lazy let's not do it i don't know whether that's true or not and i don't want to make that assertion i, I love uh-huh. i love england but uh i think that if I believe that if rolling anything out and saying, hey, there is something super advanced here, uh, I think it would encourage a lot of a lot of people. I think the kids that are in school would even go. This is cool. You, you know, Our next generation, the people who are going to figure out how to actually build those. They're probably in high school right now or in middle school. And so I would only see a positive effect if it was, you know, real, if it was made real.
2: Yeah can only hope it can inspire us at the next generation and things that have just been imagination previously just become from science fact, science fiction to science fact, doesn't it? Like,
1: Sure. I Don't we all want to, I mean, I mean, a part of me would think it, you know, it'd be cool as shit to get a lightsaber and want it just to sail around the Galactic Federation and, you know, I'm, I'm fighting the D- Darth Vader. I mean, you know, that, that would be cool, but, uh, you know, we, we got to, we got to crawl before we can walk type thing, but it would be very cool. It, um, I, I hope, uh, th- th- this again goes straight into opinion and esoteric, but, uh, you know, it's one of these things that I hope that no matter what, at some point we all get the answer. And, and even you know, like the late, great Stanton Freeman, I, I truly hope he has all the answers now. And I hope that this one of these things that, you know, whether it's in this lifetime or whatever comes next, I hope that we kind of do figure it out. And, uh, Maybe we figure out that just things are a lot weirder than we are. <laughs> Aliens would be so easy, but things are just weird. Life's weird. That's okay, though. <laughs>
2: um, before you finish up, we'll move on to the quick fire. So I've got a few names, incidents, topics. You can say as little or as much as you want. Uh, and, and that's the the kind of show finishing up, okay? So um, you've been great to listen to, MJ, as well. So thank you very much. I'm sure people are going to love it. So the first one, uh, you also wrote an article on this, would be the recent Mage UFO incident in Brazil.
0: Um, it was m- most likely just a prosaic series of drones and skydivers with pyrotechnics. Um, n- I'm going to go with nothing interesting happened.
2: Fair enough. Linda Moulton. Howe, again, someone you wrote about in one of your articles about selling the, the piece of potential wedged UFO for $35,000 to TTSA. Mm. So Linda Moulton. Um
0: Linda's a, a wonderful kind person. Um, but um, I, I, I really struggle with some of the information she presents. Um, I think as a journalist, um, I think she, she, she gives credence maybe to ideas that aren't necessarily legitimate. Um, and I'm not sure why. So that's all I can say about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Uh, Tom DeLong. Um, interesting guy. I'd love to sit down and have a beer with him. Um, again, yeah, me too. not too sure where his head at is all the time, but, um, I give him, I give him all the props in the world for finding guys like Luis Elizondo and Chris Mellon and, and assembling that. Um, so for all the people that, that sort of hate on him, um, you know, I, I I would sort of say they should be able to, you know, do better. Um, But uh, you know, again, I don't necessarily agree with everything he 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 says or believes in. Um, But that's okay. I don't have to agree with you.
2: No, it could be right. It could it could be wrong. Yeah. Um. So the next one is all the strange and the recent virtual expo. Oh, that was that
0: was, that was fun. I, I I will be totally honest. I watched Micah Hanks's and I watched mine and then I had to be a dad. So I was um, unable to kind of finish it. Um, I know Jason's slowly releasing them uh, online, so I'm going to kind of consume them all. Um, but I was only able to kind of be free for the morning. And then um, my two year old and my four year old were suddenly like crawling on me. So I had to go deal with them. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was a fun time.
2: I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a cool idea. It was, and I just wanted to get that in there because I had some issues logging in on the morning, and then with it being UK time and whatnot. Like yourself, I'm kind of going back and watching them as they come out. So uh, MJ's is awesome; definitely recommend watching that. And then make sure you go on and maybe that's the future of expos. It'd be great to get together again one day, but well, we can't do that kind of thing. This was definitely something new, and it it was a good. I I like that someone's tried a new type of medium for an expo, and I think it was a really cool idea. Three more things, MJ. tic-tac or ufo uap so the tic-tac ufo uap
0: um well i mean i i feel that the nimitz cases is is really compelling for a ufo case um i think that here like everything ufological right the tic-tac has kind of taken on its own mythology um so it's like roswell right um something happened at Roswell. Unfortunately, everything we have information on in regards to Roswell's is, is like mythological now. And we just can't figure out what it actually was. Um, which is why I don't study Roswell. Um, but I think the, the tic-tac is, is kind of that it's this, it's this curious, we're watching mythology o- occur in real time here. We're watching this kind of lore and legend build around this, this, this curious little incident. Um, so, so I think the tic-tac UFO, concept i think it's compelling um i think the incidents around it are compelling um i think that we're also going to see though um this mythological framework built around it to include a whole host of weird explanations um that that will sometimes make sense and often not make sense so yeah mythology
2: and reality merging um right now as we speak I like that. And uh, the last one, and this is very much what this means to you. I like to ask all the guests just to finish off. Disclosure. <laughs> God.
4: Um
0: yeah. yeah, just my favorite word in the UFO lexicon. Um Yeah. What what are we disclosing? Can I can I caveat the question with what exactly is being disclosed? Or is it just no, I'd have to just answer. Okay. Um disclosure that as I said before, disclosure that strange things make incursions into American airspace and 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 land or sea area. Like like I'll restate, it's we're finally having um, more, let's say, transparency that objects make incursions um, into territory that is the United States of America and potentially other countries as well. What we don't have, and I don't think what we are going to have, is disclosure that, you know, the United States government has been colluding with aliens uh, or, or interdimensional beings or time-traveling humans. I don't think we're going to get that uh, any time ever. Um, so, so when we talk about the disclosure movement or the disclosure community or whatever— um, I want to burst the bubble of people that think that, you know, yep, the United States has a handshake arrangement with the aliens, and they're visiting us, and they're walking among us, and they're they're abducting us in exchange for for technology and 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 reverse engineered ships and and all that stuff. Um, or that there's flying saucers in a bunker somewhere that, that aren't weren't made here. I'm gonna say that is not true, and, and that's just part of the UFO mythos. Um, but Disclosure that the United States has an active research program into unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, Disclosure that, you know, they don't know what's going on in the skies all the time.
2: Definitely the case. Awesome. Um, But MJ, it's been great talking to you. You can follow MJ on Twitter at MJ Benias. Please go back and read his articles.
5: baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shut out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me
0: to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a Meditate a
5: game of fateful on meta can't imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like, you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz... I jumped back and nearly kissed myself. and I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head and everything was weird and everything was red. And I helped up my boys, they thought this was noise, they thought it was a dream, and they thought it was my toys, they thought it was my problems, and I think I should see therapy and I don't know what it is, because it doesn't really scare me. It's you and me and us and we and him and her and that and she and that thing over there and what's that, James?